Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the February Room, where we talk shop, tie flies, and share the fishing stories you never heard. I'm Lauren Carnop, your host, and this is the February Room. Presented by CD Fishing USA, innovative construction equals exceptional performance. Visit cd-fishing.us and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Welcome to the February Room. I'm Lauren and I'm sitting here with Phil Owens. Phil Owens, welcome to the February Room. Thank you, Lauren. I know you're so excited to be here. Pumped. <laughs> Just a dream come true, really. <laughs> Phil is a videographer for outdoor television and you've been doing that for how many years? Many. I don't know. I think I started 2001. 2002, somewhere in there. 18 years. And you probably have traveled everywhere around this globe. No, I've been a lot of places and certainly a lot of places I would have never ever gone to otherwise and been very lucky. And a lot of the stuff that you filmed has been outdoor television. So you've done hunting, fishing, you shot a show called Fly Fishing the World. Right. Um, and also fishing with a bunch of celebrities. Um, I'm sure you have tons of stories that you are itching to tell the world today. And also we're tying a fly. So yes. let's go first. What are you tying? So I am, first of all, I am not a master fly tire. I know everyone else you've talked to is a much better tire than I am. Like I have figured things out by necessity and not wanting to spend 
$15 on flies that I lose. So I am tying a pike fly and it's not an original pattern. It's not mine. I didn't make it up. I, uh, it's kind of like a tarpon toad is what the name of it is. Um, I don't have a name for it because I'm not good enough to give names to flies. Uh, it's just a big black leechy thing that works. And it's just black feathers with some yellow eyeballs and some black thread and... Yep, so it's, I don't know, close to seven inches long. And so this is a Chinese saddle hackle or schloppen for the tail coming off the bend of the hook. And then I like to do uh, a couple of these feathers in the back because pike are really toothy. And if you just do one or two feathers, you're gonna end up losing your flying out and retie. So I usually do six of them. And on the tarpon toads, they usually, if you look at these feathers, they have a little bit of a curve. You see this curve? And yes. a lot of times that's how they tie a tarpon toad because when it comes through the water, it'll do that. And it almost kind of sends a vibration. So or, or it looks like legs. Like it, a, oh, sure. Frog legs. Little kind frog of. legs. Yeah. And they, they love it. Well, and we also have a ton of your pikes still in the freezer that we've been um, eating, making fish tacos. I think sometimes pike get overlooked as being a good fish to eat. Um, I don't want to correct you, but that's Sawyer's fish that you're oh. talking about. <laughs> that was an incredible fish that he did caught. Yes. Uh, yeah. And pike are great to eat and people kind of are afraid of them because they have an extra, it's called a Y bone. So they're, they can be a little tough to fillet but they're great to eat, they're great on the fly, they're great through the ice, they're great, they're just fun. And not a lot of people are really targeting them here in Montana. I think it's funny that two out of the three of your podcasts are all about pike flies. Or guys are probably listening going, why aren't you dying flies for trout? I was like, well, I'd rather pike fish. We're so spoiled, you know. So spoiled. We can fish for whatever we want. And however we want a lot of the time, whether it's pike or trout or there's bass fishing available. I mean, and you go east of the mountains, there's a whole nother world over there. So paddlefish. Oh, yeah. You're, you always have loved catching paddlefish. I mean, you're kind of our local expert on paddlefish, I believe, right? I would love to go paddle fishing. No one's ever taken me. In Montana, but I think they're, I think you can go catch them out like near the Yellowstone, right? Yeah. I Have you done it? No, I haven't. Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to just refer to you as our paddlefish expert. Okay. I can take that. It's, you know, paddlefish have no bones, so it's easy to fillet. Expert. Expert right here. I'm learning all about this species. Yep. You just got to <laughs> snag them. That's it. There's like no, it's just a big old hook. Okay. So anyways. That's great. I love it. Let's go. Okay, so back, you've traveled everywhere. And is there a certain story that you remember that must stick in mind? I mean, you must have so many stories from other anglers, um, scary events, funny events you have to share. I've been very lucky. Um, I've seen a lot of things and, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Like, I've been super nervous having to do this talking because normally I get to be the one that's doing your job where I get to ask the questions. And I could sit there and smile like you are and not have the pressure of making sense. Um, so it's been kind of fun to try to think, oh gosh, what's gonna be interesting? What should I tell? What What's gonna be interesting but not sound like I'm a brat and going, I've done this, I've seen that, la la la. But like, this is how it started. 
very, very early when I was doing this job, carrying cameras, watching people fish and do stuff outside, I got to go to British Columbia and, you know, didn't know what's going on. And it was mind blowing. We stayed at this fancy lodge, five star resort. We were flying to go fishing in helicopters. And then we would get done fishing and we'd get in Zodiacs and like cruise up in the coast and just do sightseeing seeing and video work. Um, and it was crazy. Like there was a day where we were fishing and all watching the anglers and hear the pilot go, uh-oh. And we turn around and a black bear is trying to get into the helicopter. And so he goes walking at it, banging two rocks together like normal stuff. Um, and the pilot was a wizard. Like he took us on these tours through the mountains. What you picture, the highest dollar movie ever producing. Like he was given these tours where we'd be right close to the floor of the valley. And then all of a sudden the floor would drop because he knew that there's this huge cannon. He flew us up to glaciers. We stood on glaciers. It was just like insane. And the whole time I'm like, be cool, be cool, keep it together. Act like you know what you're doing. Act like you know what you're doing. We saw killer whales migrating close enough to the boat that as I'm standing in the boat holding the camera, I'm like, they're gonna bump the boat. They're gonna bump the boat, be ready. I've been, I'm lucky. And it's, it's always nerve wracking a little for me when I talk to people about it because I've seen some stuff and you know, I don't want people to ever think that one that I'm like taking it for granted or trying to brag right so that's for me like doing this this part of why i'm hesitant because the job is so silly the other story i was thinking about was uh we went fishing in arkansas and arkansas has got some tailwaters that have big fish and um the guys in the office were like hey we're gonna go down there and there's this really cool guy named joe humphreys legendary guy from penn state awesome man and uh, we're, he wants to catch a 20 pound brown trout. I'm like, okay, let's go. And uh, the guy's in the office says, but he wants to fish at night. I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll use camera lights and you know, see him. He's like, no, 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 no. We can't use any lights. Um, and it's gonna be the dark moon. So it's gonna be pretty dark out there. So I was like, really? So where are we good? I mean, Lauren, you've been around TV. What do you think of that idea? <laughs> I think it's ready for a podcast is what that would be. Right? I mean, no light. You can't make video. So it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll go and see what happens. And uh, I mean, it was pitch black and it was hours and hours of sitting there in the dark, listening to a guy cast. He never caught a fish like over two pounds. And we're sitting there just in the dark, me and my coworker and the guy came up to us and he's like, Hey boys, I'm going to Walsmart. Can I get you anything? And without missing a beat, I say, yeah, I want a time machine. And coworker, other camera guys like, yeah, two time machines. And like, he was confused, but um, you know. Obviously he couldn't find the time machine at Walsmart. And, yeah, no, no time machine. And we sat there for another three or four nights in the dark for nothing. But you know, it's like, you can't make it up, I guess, is kind of how it is. And that silly memory is one of the things that comes to mind when I have to tell stories. I, I've said it too many times already, but the job is silly that I have. And, you know, that I have found a way to live in Western Montana, mostly pay my bills, get to see the world, you know, 
have so many memories, so many different experiences. Like it's, it's really mind boggling, you know, like if I really sit and try to make the list, like the places just for fishing trips, I've seen people catch fish in Iceland and I've seen people catch fish all through the Caribbean and, you know, again, flying helicopters up and down Chile to go fishing and, uh, Thailand and, you know, Austria, just, it's, and, you know, like national parks, there was a trip we did to Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. And it was in the fall. And these big yellow maple leaves were coming out of the trees in the sky. And it was so amazing. And, you know, do I remember anything about the fishing? No. But, like, just that visual, there was people on the sides of the stream throwing leaves for our benefit is what it looked like. So cool. And those trees, I mean, I've been out in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're telling a story. They're so huge and they're so old. It's almost like, oh, there was Ben Franklin's tree. Right. You know, it's still up there and it's so cool to be part of um, that kind of history. And like I said, the leaves are just so huge. They really are. The big maple leaves are yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of cool to been able to go so many places and see what people get to do and how they like to get out and fish. And... Like another one, we did a trip in Southern Utah where we're hiking down in the Red Rock Canyons and the slot wall stuff and they were catching trout in these little streams, you know, not much wider than a hallway in like a lot of people's houses. To see that, you know, again, come out and the cottonwoods were changing colors, uh, aspen, I mean, sorry. It was like, hey, who's the winner that's getting paid to do this? Some of my favorite memories of fishing is um, you had one time recommended me and Justin to go on this um, hiking trip and Justin was teaching me how to fly fish and it was the smallest creek and I thought to myself there's no way I could possibly catch a fish. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to present a fly. My line will be bundled up on the stream and it was never, I don't think there's been too many anglers up there and I caught the coolest I mean they were tiny but they ate anything I put on there it's so exciting and I think sometimes we get into this idea that the bigger the river the bigger the fish the better the experience but sometimes the small the small little town with the small little creek going hiking is probably some of the better memories for me for sure um yeah it's it's great Uh, again I mean it's just the variety of ways you can Go have fun with the fishing rod. So I want to hear a celebrity fishing story. Come on, you've got to share one. Um, so, yes, I have fished with some names people know. Um, you know, let's see, Liam Neeson we fished with. Oh, I, I would love to fish with Liam Neeson. Very nice man. Um, Michael Keaton we fished with, another great guy. And then, you know, some other names that people kind of go, do I know who that is? And then you listen or check on the internet and you figure out it is. So we were in Chile with Vinny Jones, who was a soccer player and an actor, um, English guy, funny, funny person. And, you know, decent angler for sure. And uh, it was a trip down there and it started raining and it rained and it rained and it rained, but the fishing was good. And he ended up catching, I don't remember how many, but it seemed like he caught like a six pound trout and then an eight pound trout and like a 12 pound trout, just raining, raining, raining. 
And the guides were like, hey, we gotta go, we gotta go. He's like, no, mate, I'm fishing. And so we stayed and we fished and it was wet enough that uh, like other camera guys, camera got wet, so we had to go, you know, get out of the rain. The audio guy's vest got messed up. So he, like we pulled the audio off and hung it on the camera. The boss was in the boat. The other cameras in boat, audio was in boat. Vinny was gonna keep fishing as long as cameras were alive. So that's what we did. We watched him fish, watched him fish. And finally, you know, he catches like a 12 pound fish and get it done and it's starting to get dark and the outfitters are getting nervous now, guides. And we're like, what, what? And they're like, well, the river's big, it's coming up. You know, we have a chase boat that showed us the path to get out here. Might be a little harder in the dark. And like, all right, whatever. So. We get in the boat and it's dark now and camera crew's down in the hole, the cabin, hanging out and uh, going along and the boat stops. And we're like, oh boy. And uh, so I go up and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're on the sandbar. Didn't know, and like, clearly. And I'm like, I go back down and we're just gonna let them deal. And then all of a sudden we hear, so, I go back up to see what's happening and I see the guy that was in the chase boat is now in our boat and I see the chase boat like going off into the darkness and the guys are screaming and yelling at each other. It's like, what's going on? And the chase boat guy was coming to talk to the main boat and he fell out of the boat and hit the throttle and the chase boat went zipping out into the middle of the river big river like the columbia big and i was like all right but that wasn't all right because the guys in the boat the host and Vinny jones are like it's coming back it's gonna t-boat us it's gonna blow us up it's gonna hit the fuel tank because it was doing arcs so i'm like okay well maybe but that seems kind of you know like a long shot but oh they were terrified screaming and yelling like so i went down and i grabbed life vests and gave it to the other camera guy put this on Audio guy's sitting there, still has audio vest. I'm like, take that thing off and put this life vest on. I go back up to the main deck and have to grab like my boss and like almost shake him and like, put this life vest on. Vinnie Jones gets his on. Everybody's got their life jacket on. All right, we're okay now. Meanwhile, that boat's spinning back and forth. And uh, I go down in the back into the cabin and I start looking for a life vest for me. I'm like, oh, you dummy. Why didn't you put yours on first? But no, I was trying to look out for people. And I go reach it, empty, empty. I stretch way back corner and find a life vest for me. I was like, whoo. And like my favorite also part of that memory is like standing there in the dark and uh, other camera guy, Jake Hansen, who is the best. He looks at me and he's like, what a show and like that is the epitome definition of a show because it was mayhem and nonsense and like just crazy so what happened to the boat that was going all around did it finally just get run out of gas yeah eventually i they never found it while we were there but so we eventually got to shore and they had radio contact with the lodge and this sweet little lady came in a, like a little Dotson two-door pickup. And we rode in the back of the truck with like three dozen eggs on her lap because they're, she was making a grocery run or something. So Jake and I are here with eggs on her lap, heading back to the lodge. And uh, of course, 
We get back to the lodge and Vinnie Jones is telling everyone that we had a near-death experience and like we drank the camp dry from booze that night and got rowdy. Did you ever do that shoot with Fly Fishing the World? Is that the one with Conway Bowman? It was in Thailand, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was so... I've, I think that's what's interesting is you go around the world, other people have different ways of fishing and ways that excite them. And I've never seen anything like that where it was basically a cement area with these huge pond and stocked with some incredible fish. Yeah. So that was just a stock pond really. That was like, hey, we live in this huge city and we don't have a lot of opportunities to fish. So some entrepreneur is like, hey, I'm gonna build these big ponds, stock them with all these crazy fish and let people come pay to fish here. And yeah, that was a, that was a strange trip for sure. We were with a person that was a madman, a French man was our guide and he was a lunatic really. I mean, it was awesome and like the whole time you're like, oh, I'm gonna point the camera at him because he is crazy. What's he gonna say next? Um, lots of people have that vision of Thailand with the big, I think they're limestone rocks that come out of the water. You know, people rock climb and then they, you know, do motorboat tours and the beaches, those beaches that you see that are just like different than what we're used to seeing. And we did end up in a lake like that and these floating little thatch huts. And uh, again, Jake Hansen was the other camera guy and the things I remember about that trip is we shared a little hut, the two of us, no bed, but like the little rattan mats. And like, that's where we slept, it was a little weird. And then I remember we, on that trip specifically, we saw King Cobra swimming across the lake, creepy. And again, it's weird the things you do remember. I do remember walking up this little tributary stream for this huge lake and uh, they're trying to, find snakehead, strange fish, but that was the point of the trip. We didn't catch any. Sidetrack, we're walking up this creek, the thing I do remember, and a stick went into my eye. And it was one of those things where we all know what our skulls look like, like you have this eye socket, and I could feel the stick go around on my skull behind my eye. And I was like, ooh. And I did probably the wrong thing, but I was like, this thing is coming out of here. And luckily the eyeball stayed in and the stick came out and uh, nowhere to the where. Didn't have to go to the hospital No, Thailand? No, I didn't. I would not go to the hospital in Thailand. Just go in that airplane with like no eyeball. Eye patch. Eye patch. Yeah. You look like a pirate. Yar. Be a big <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get to go fishing though? Did ever you have time um, where you can spend a day or two in these around the world fishing or is it pretty much go and do the job and get out? Um, usually like during the course of the work week, I don't try to think about getting to fish because then it's like, it messes my brain up because then I'm like, I'm gonna put this camera down. I want to fish, I want to fish. So usually like during the work week, I try to not think about fishing and the times during work weeks when I do get to fish, it's either because it's really, really good and they're catching tons of fish or because it's really, really bad and they're not catching any fish. Um, and the other way I get to fish is when we plan trips and extra days on the back end. Like I mentioned Iceland and that was one where we were like, hey, are we ever gonna be back here again? Maybe not, so let's just take some vacation days and hang out in Iceland. And that was incredible. And that worked out really well because the 
host for the show, Conway Bowman, he wasn't able to go. So they had a guy, like a friend of a friend's buddy's cousin-in-law or whatever he was. He was, quote unquote, the host that week. And he fished for like a day and a half, caught his Atlantic salmon. He's like, see ya. So we had like, I think it was like 10 days in Iceland to screw around and goof off, which sounds amazing, except we only had one CD that your husband picked up in the airport coming to meet us in Iceland from a wannabe rapper named B. Martin. I dare you to play any of it on this, Lauren. I dare you. I know exactly what CD you're talking about because after Iceland, he continued to play that CD every time we were in the car because he just thought it was so great. Yeah. Um, so Iceland was really gorgeous, but it's hard to think about it without hearing be Martin. What I think is so cool about you is that on your downtime, you are going ice fishing. Um, you have a friend out in Alaska and you help him out. Very nice of you to say, Lauren. I do my best to try to help out my friends. And you know, that seems to be a good policy and has served me well. Um, but you know, like, you mentioned my friend in Alaska, and I met him doing this job. Otherwise, I would never know the guy. And he's great. He's funny. He's a hard-working son of a gun. And he's been nice enough to say, hey, come up and fish. Yeah, of course I will. Let's go see some more country. And, like, that's... If people haven't been to Alaska, you got to go. It's so crazy. I mean, awesome. What's so crazy about it? It's just... It'll spoil, you know how you were talking about fishing little mountain streams? Alaska's like that a lot of places where it's wild. Like you take the boats and you leave town and have your ducks in a row because you are out there quick. Will bear spray work out there? Uh, luckily I haven't had to test it, so I don't know. I feel like when I see pictures of people fishing in Alaska, there's always a grizzly behind them. So I imagine myself, if I'm in Alaska, there's gonna be a grizzly right behind me trying to eat the fish that I've caught. You always have to be aware, and um, talking of bears, one of my favorite stories to tell about bears is on another trip with your husband. We were up at Kodiak Island, and uh, it was a bear hunt, so we did fish some, but this was a bear yeah. hunt. And the first day, um, we're going out in the boat, leaving the main, we stayed on a liveaboard and then took a little Zodiac to shore. And I was doing my job in video and the guys talking and they're watching and looking and they're like, oh, we're gonna walk up there. That drainage, get up on that ridge line. We're gonna go up there and see some country. This is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be great. We're gonna get back in there and hunt that drainage. And like, as we're going in, we look up this drainage in this huge shape. Cause it's not, you don't call it a bear. It was just huge. This spot is up in this drainage. And I know that there is video somewhere of the guys going like, yeah, we're gonna hunt the beach. We're gonna hunt right on that beach and do our best hunt on this beach. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that makes sense. It's <laughs> just terrifying. Yeah, Why the plan changed in a fraction of a second from like, we're gonna go get up to, we're gonna stay right here and hunt. <laughs> So, Bill, where are you going to take this fly? Oh, the, oh. Where, are you going to go fishing today? Oh, God, I wish there was a little more warmth and less ice because 
I don't think I can fish today. I mean, I could go throw it in some spots. We still have too much ice for that. I know, I know. Soon, give it a month. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I mean, it can also snow in June. Usually you're right. It seems like mid to late April, the ice comes off. Yeah. And it's weird here in Montana. Like if you talk to anybody from the Midwest about pike fishing, they, they always say, go as soon as the ice is off. Go as soon as the ice is off. And I've tried it and all I've done so far is give my butt handed to me. But I'll be out there. I'll go try again. Well, and like I said, it's just more about the memories. You remember the ones that you didn't catch more than the ones you did. Oh, I got lots of memories then, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, thank you so much for inviting us into your February room. And tune in next week for our next episode of The February Room. <laughs>